Part 1, Types of Toxic Parents First of all, we must clarify one thing, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. All parents are human beings with flaws, who make mistakes from time to time. It is impossible for them to fulfill all their children's wants and needs at every waking second. Therefore, one must not jump to conclusions after a heated argument or mildly unpleasant episode. To identify toxic parents, we must first observe if there is a pattern of problematic behaviors present over a long period of time. Have they kept their children in a tight grasp for a period of years? Do their abusive actions consistently surface? If the answer is yes, then they are indeed toxic. In short, the toxicity has two prerequisites the actions must be recurring and continuous. Forward categorizes the parents in her case studies into six groups, the inadequate parents, the controllers, the alcoholics, the verbal abusers and the physical abusers. But given the nature of their behaviors and impacts, they can be sorted into three major types, the neglectors, the controllers and the abusers. Starting with the neglectors on Susan Forward's list, this type includes inadequate parents and alcoholics. Preoccupied with their own problems, not only do they fail to cater to their children's emotional and sometimes material needs, but they also often exhibit egotism and disregard their children's feelings. One of Forward's clients, Les, was one of those unlucky children. As a child, he learned that his mother suffered from mental breakdowns. She was always in a bathrobe with a cup of coffee in one hand and a cigarette in another, hardly speaking to anyone. All she did was watch soap operas all day. Les' father went on business trips frequently and slept in the guest room. He had seemingly given up on his wife. Hence, the role of the homemaker fell on Les' shoulders, as he was the oldest one. By the age of eight, he had to prepare breakfast for his two younger brothers, pack their lunches, and walk them to the school bus. On top of that, Les even needed to look after his mother. Before his father left for work, he would tell Les to take care of his mother and make her happy. Les would then do everything he could to coax a smile out of her. Sadly, nothing worked and their situation never improved. Even in the present day, this was Les' biggest regret. He secretly blamed himself for his failure and the sorry state of their dysfunctional family. Less parents were typical examples of inadequate parents. They did not meet their children's needs and because of their inability to look after themselves, they demanded attention and care from their children, resulting in a case of role reversal within the family. Less and his younger siblings lost their role models, so none of them could learn how to give or receive love from others. Similar situations occur in the case of alcoholics. These parents tend to usurp the child's role by presenting themselves in a pitiful, miserable, and irrational manner. Glenn, another client of Forward's, had faced this issue since his childhood. Glenn's father had been an alcoholic for his whole life. Whenever the man spiraled out of control, Glenn's mother would come to her child crying and complaining about how miserable she was. Growing up in this kind of environment, Glenn was a lonely, unhappy child. As a young boy, he had dreamed of taking his mother away and saving her. After he grew up, he continued to take care of her and give her money even though he struggled financially. Meanwhile, his father, who helped run his business, continued to drink like a fish and drove his clients away. Even when Glenn lost a lot of business, he still didn't want to fire his father. Deep down, Glenn always thought that he had failed his parents for not being able to give them a good, normal life. 
He continued to fantasize about how he could one day save them both and fix their family. In a household with alcoholics, much of the family members' time and energy will be spent on looking after and fixing them, even when the ones who really need their attention are their children. Like children of inadequate parents, these kids often feel neglected and unloved. The second type of toxic parents are the controllers. Let's first look at another subject of one of Forward's case studies, Michael, who is an advertising executive. After he got married, he moved out of Boston and lived with his wife in California. However, his mother was unhappy with his decision and always pressured him to move back to Boston. A year after his wedding, Michael and his wife were about to head to Boston for his parents' anniversary. However, his wife came down with a serious flu before their departure. Not wanting to leave her alone in California, Michael called his parents, saying that he wanted to stay and look after his wife. As expected, his mother insisted that if he didn't come, she would die of a broken heart. Michael relented eventually, but flew back to California one day after the party despite his parents' suggestion that he stay for a week. In the end, his father called him on the phone, telling him that his mother had cried all night and chastising him for hurting her feelings. Michael's parents are not at all subtle with the tactics they use to control their child. These direct approaches include threats, guilt-tripping, and humiliation. Their child is expected to obey them and prioritize their demands. There are other more indirect tactics that involve manipulation, but the effect is just as serious. One of the common types of manipulators is the helper, forward rights. Instead of loosening their grip on their children, they constantly interfere with the latter's affairs in the name of care and concern. Lee, a 32-year-old tennis pro at a country club, had a helper mom. Despite her successful career in independence, her mother still treated her like a child. The situation worsened after Lee's father passed away, her mother's life began to revolve around her. Every now and then, when Lee wasn't home, Lee's mother would come over with some food, clean her house, and even rearrange her clothes and furniture. Whenever Lee told her to stop doing these things for her, her mother would tear up and say, what's wrong with a mother who helps a daughter she loves? This response rendered Lee utterly helpless. Like many parents, the controllers are experiencing an extreme case of empty nest syndrome. They feel a sense of loss and lack of purpose when their children grow up and become independent, for their identities are tied to their parental roles. Therefore, they often go out of their way to undermine their children's competence, so that they can feel needed again. The last and perhaps the worst type of toxic parents is the abusers. Forward presents a number of child abuse cases in her book, ranging from physical, verbal, and sexual abuse. We will focus on the verbal abuse in this bookie, for it is painfully common, even within seemingly healthy families. Occasional severe criticism of course doesn't count as verbal abuse. However, it is abusive to make humiliating remarks regarding a child's appearance, intelligence, capability, and inherent worth, and these remarks often come in the form of insulting names, degrading comments, and belittling criticism. These can inflict invisible wounds that never heal. Verbal abuse comes in two distinct styles. The first is more obvious, direct, and vicious. Parents may insult their children while chastising them, calling them stupid, ugly, or incompetent, and even by saying that they should have never been born. The second verbal abusers are less confrontational in their mode of delivery. They always mock and belittle their children, all the while claiming that they are joking. 
sugar-coated with humor, their insulting jokes often confuse the children. If the children protest, they are then accused of lacking a sense of humor. Phil, a dentist in his late 40s, grew up listening to his father's attacks. The older man would tease him every chance he got. While the entire family laughed, Phil only felt humiliated, isolated, and at times even frightened. His father would say things like, this boy can't be a son of ours, look at that face. I'll bet they switched babies on us in the hospital. Why don't we take him back and swap him for the right one? Phil, who was six years old at the time, seriously thought that he was about to be abandoned. Later on, he confronted his father, who instead dismissed Phil's feelings, saying that his remark was just for laughs. Little did he know that young children don't always manage to recognize sarcasm and humor. They interpret jokes and exaggeration literally. Their undeveloped characters also have not yet established the confidence and self-worth needed to handle embarrassment and self-deprecation. To their parents, the insults might be jokes and the laughter they elicit is harmless. But on the receiving end of those comments and reactions, their children's confidence will be severely impacted. Alright, that's it for part 1. In this section, we have identified the types of toxic parents on forwards list and sorted them into three major groups, the neglectors, the controllers, and the abusers. We also explained these parents' behaviors using the case studies as examples. In the next part, forwards' observations will prove that regardless of their differences, all types of unhealthy family dynamics yield bitter ends.